Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back from Elimination Chamber weekend, ready to bring you the latest episode of the Chick Foley Show. It's going to be a little bit of a quickie tonight. We're going to review Elimination Chamber, take a very quick sneak peek at Revolution by AEW this weekend, and then uh, hit a little bit of listener mail and get out of here. But first, let's introduce the star of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm a little bit jealous, and I got a little bit of FOMO that you and the Brett Man are going to be leaving me this weekend for Revolution, but I know you guys are going to have a great time. And It'll be awesome to re- report to you guys live from, you know, the actual show next week. Yeah, me and uh, Brett the Babyface are linking up with the Turnbuckle Tavern crew, Hawk, and the Two Bad Chads, and uh, going to be heading up to North Carolina this weekend for Sting's last match. So we'll definitely bring a uh, live report back next episode. Uh, first, want to remind you guys, use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. They are our presenting sponsor for this episode. Uh, Sheena, where can they find you guys on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. You can join us over on Facebook in our exclusive group uh, by going to chickfoley.com and uh, joining the Patreon. And you'll. Two bucks a month. Two bucks a month. You'll get an invite in it's there. It's like a Red Bull. It's like, a, yeah, it's, it's actually cheaper than a Red Bull nowadays. So, and you, uh, uh, yeah, you'll be part of the best wrestling community online, bar none. Yeah, I, I don't say that lightheartedly. I, I mean, I truly mean it. I'm, I'm in a lot of wrestling communities, um, and our, ours is definitely the best. Uh, Sheena, what's new on the farm? Well, um, I don't really. Oh, I'm build, I'm in the process of building a uh, goat stanchion. So I like a, to milk our uh, goats once they have their babies. So, um, you know, I thought about just buying one prefab, and I'm, you know. D- Depending on how this works out, it's turning out good so far, but depending on how this works out, I may still end up getting one. But I was like, you know what? I got a bunch of scrap wood around here. I got a new saw off a circular saw off of a buy nothing group. So I've been, you know, doing my best Tim Allen out there in the yard the past couple of days. I've been very nervous about the circular saw. I just know <laughs> there's going to be a trip to the ER uh, at some point in my future. I mean, who who handles tools better than me? Dude? Do I ever injure myself? Like uh, circular, that's, that circular saw is a big jump from all the other stuff that we have. Um, do want to ask one question? It's a question I get a lot from people. Uh, what is the what what will the goat milk provide provide? I know the answer, but educate the uh, the listeners on this. What what's going to be the the end game with the goats that we've been we've been nurturing for the last year and a half? I mean, the end game is one. We just have we have the goats as you know, just enrichment. They're they're basically pets. They're awesome livestock to have. Um, but we did breed our does, which are the girls. We have two girls and we, you know, brought a buck, which is a, an intact male over here. And, you know, they did, they did the deed and we have, you know, some pregnant goats out in the backyard. And once they have their kids, we'll milk them and, you know, we'll have raw goat milk. I mean, like getting raw milk, um, you know, can be tricky, you know, it depends on whether you want raw milk or not. I mean, a lot of people don't want it, but can be illegal in some jurisdictions. It's a, a, it's a gray market item. Yeah. It's a gray market item. Oh, don't, don't even get me on the, um my little soapbox of that. But anyway, we'll have uh, we'll have raw goat milk, which is cool because you can drink it. You can make soap out of it. You can make um, like body care products out of it. It's really nourishing. Uh, it's, a, you know, like I said, a highly nourishing food. So really you- cool. And I, and it's the experience for me getting getting practice, raising a dairy animal and kidding, which means like, you know, ha- ha- having a livestock animal have a baby or a goat spe- specifically. But 
yeah, it's just all about the experiences and, you know, the knowledge that's going to be gained during all of this. Are you going to be selling your, uh, your goat milk body care products online? Probably. Yeah. You know me, I'm, I, I always got something cooking. I always, I got some herbal remedies right now cooking in the, uh, in the cabinets and tallow to be rendered and all of this kind of stuff. So I keep, I keep a little apothecary business going. Do you have a name in mind for your line? No, I'm thinking about moose skin. I think moose, cause you know, moose skin for what? For, oh, for the tallow. Yeah. The tallow would be moo, like, you know, like a cow. No, I just mean your overarching line of your products that you're going to release. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, we need be- to come up with something. You know, fellas, this would be a great, uh, easy gifts for, you know, easy, thoughtful gifts for your, for your ladies out there once it launches. So keep a, uh, keep, keep an ear out I for don't, I don't know early how many, summer. I don't know how many of our listeners have super, um, you know, weirdo wives like me that want to. But it's still going to be good stuff. I don't think you got to be, milking. you don't got to be a weirdo to enjoy this stuff, right? I don't think so. But, you know, you know. Work on your marketing. Don't market it to the weirdos. Market <laughs> it to the normies. I, well, those are those are my normies. The the you know. Yeah, but that's that's too much of a that, that's a niche of a niche in the marketplace. You got to right. you got to think broad. Business major here. I'll help you out. Um. All right. I think that's about it for our plugs. You ready to talk some wrestling? Of course. All right. Let's get into elimination chamber. First off, how did you enjoy the? Uh, it was three a.m. start time for the pre-show for us. What, what were your, what were your thoughts on that? Now that. You got up, you stayed up for the whole event and survived it. What do you think? I did say last week, I said this is this would be like my prime time because I am an early bird. I've just always been that way. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. 3 a.m. is really early, though. Like, <clears throat> I was thinking 4 because that's when the show started, but I wasn't even really considering, like, the pre-show. They threw in that women's tag match. And they threw the yeah, they threw so you in had a, to get up. Yeah, so we threw in the women's tag match. And I was going to make us breakfast so we could enjoy it during Elimination Chamber, so I was getting up early anyway. Um my biggest problem was I don't think I even went to bed till like 1030 or something like that on, you know, uh, it wasn't super early. What? It wasn't, I mean, I, it yeah, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah I didn't, super I didn't go to bed. Yeah. I didn't go to bed night. super early and then getting up early. It was, it was, uh, it was tough. Once I was up, I was good to go. But man, after elimination chamber, we were, we were beat, dude. We were totally wiped. So, uh, yeah, it, it was neat. It was a cool experience. Um, I think a 5am start time would be much more my, my speed. Yeah, I agree. A little bit closer. I, like I said, I'm always cool with the novel start times, right? Something new. Um, but 3 a.m. was just a little bit ridiculous, man. I think I something closer to sunset would have been would have been better. Shout out to all the international WWE <clears throat> fans that do this on the reg. You know? Yeah. Shout out to the Foley fan. The live thread was still bumping. We had you know more people than I thought that were up and chatting um, during the show. Yeah, 3, 3 a.m. was a little early. By 4 a.m., people were starting to chime in that they were they were up and about. Yeah, so it it was cool. Um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it if this was the last Australia. If, if Australia is like a once every every two and a half, three years type deal, though. I don't know. I mean, the crowd was lit, dude. So I think, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at him going back to Australia because, uh, like I said, it was just exciting because the crowd kept it hyped the whole time. Do you want to get into the matches? Yeah. You want to start with the, are we going to do the pre-show match or? Yeah, just, might as well just take it in order. All right. So pre- pre-show match, we had a Kabuki's war, a Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Candice and Indy Hartwell for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I was making breakfast during this. What did you think of the Women's Tag Team match? Indy got a good home, you know, hometown reaction, you know, home country reaction from the Australian fans. So that was fun. And Kabuki Warriors are just the perfect act to throw out there first, yeah. man. They're high energy. Two of the absolute best uh, female wrestlers. Mean, Really wrestlers, period. I don't know why I'm qualifying it by gender. Two of the <laughs> yeah. best wrestlers in the world just so happen to be in the women's tag team division right now. Um, but great, you know, fun choice to open it up and get the crowd hype. 
Yeah. Um, moving on, we'll go to the women's elimination chamber match. Um, we had Becky, Bianca, Liv Morgan, Naomi, Raquel, and Tiffy Time all in the chamber together. Um, what were your what were your thoughts on? The I thought Tiffany chamber? Stratton was outstanding. Like yeah. I thought she, she looks like she, she's going to be main eventing pay per views or fighting for championships. You know, before SummerSlam. Yeah, she's awesome, dude. If they can if they can get her hot on the mic or give her somebody that could help her out on the mic, dude, she's going to be an absolute freaking star. Um, you know, Seth's been t- singing Tiffany's praise for a long time, and yeah, she, th- that made me a believer. Seeing her in the Elimination Chamber, that swanton off of the freaking chamber. Was sick. Was sick, dude. Um, yeah. And she's got the power game, too. Yeah. She's almost like a... I mean, she's still got a ways to go. This is probably sacrilege saying this. She's almost like in a, like the new model Charlotte, dude. Like she's like yeah. somehow like she seems like she's more powerful and even more graceful, like on the high flying stuff, man. Like that's that's what she really is. She's like Charlotte. Well, 2. she's 0. a gymnast. She was a gymnast. Like, right. That was her like whole thing before she became a wrestler. She was an actual gymnast. So I mean, she's a little more polished. I mean, not. I, I mean, I guess I would qualify Charlotte as some sort of gymnast. I mean, the lady can do. Charlotte's an pretty, amazing athlete. Pretty dude. much anything. It's yeah. like Charlotte, like Bianca Belair. That's kind of like the two like standard bearers for just athletic ability. Yeah, and even though division. Charlotte's a killer athlete and she's like, you know, she's ripped up too, but she's just so long and lanky that it just doesn't look as powerful as like Tiffy, who's a little, a little more, more compact. A little bit thicker. Yeah, she's a little thicker, a little more compact. Um, and she just she just seems to like hit hard. You know yeah. what I mean? So it uh, looks legit. Like yeah. she uh yeah, she's awesome, man. Like, literally, they, they've struck gold with her. It's As far as, like, the NIL, like, these college athletes they're bringing in, um, she's probably the best one so far. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, Raquel and Naomi were probably the two that I was least impressed with in the... In the they were um, just kind of there. They were just kind of there. Uh, Raquel, I mean, I'm going to give her a, a little bit of a pass. She doesn't do anything for me on her best day, but I will give her a little bit of a pass. She was dealing with some, like, health issues, um, she had some like mast cell activation flare up, um, which is unfortunate. And the fact that she wrestled through it, like hats off, hats off to Raquel. Um, but yeah, her and Naomi were just kind of there. Bianca, Becky and Liv, I thought all looked awesome. The match definitely suffered from what we talked about on a preview last week about there really not being a believable path for anybody else to win this thing besides mm-hmm. Becky. I did think it was good that they didn't belabor the point at all. We didn't get an extended final sequence with Becky and Liv. As you know, Liv took out Bianca, and immediately after, Becky rolled up Liv to get the pin. Like, right. it was just wham, bam. And that was kind of unique, because you really don't see that a lot, like a double elimination to uh, to end the Elimination Chamber match like that. So, for it's pretty predictable... did Liv take out Bianca? That's what I said. I oh, said I thought Liv you said, took, thought out you said Becky took out Bianca. No, Liv took Sorry. out Bianca, and then and then Becky rolled up Liv. Yeah. Um. So if it, if you are kind of paid it into a corner like that with something this predictable, I thought that was about the best way to to go about it. Yeah. Overall, um, like I said, predictable ending. Sometimes, again, I think it just makes sense to just go with the most likely scenario instead of just trying to to swerve. Um. You know, for no real for no real reason. But we'll move on to the um, tag team match. So we had the Judgment Day versus. Uh, New Catch Republic, which is Pete. I'm Dunn. still calling them British Strong Style. British I'm Strong not, Style. I'm not identifying them as New Catch Republic. Yeah, not really. Not really. Um, you know, excellent tag team match. Though. Probably the best pure wrestling match of the night. I thought. Uh, I thought Dunn and Bate did did a lot of good for themselves. Kind of, you know, they it, it, like we talked about last week again. They elevated themselves in defeat. And if I'm a betting man, I think it's probably going to end up being DIY going against Judgment Day, just straight up two on two for the tag belts at Mania. But if we end up with some sort of like tag team turmoil situation or like, Mm -hmm. you know, a four way match, I think uh, New Catch Republic have definitely earned themselves a spot in that match. Yeah. 
dude, does anybody have more global heat than Dirty Dom? Most hated I, man in wrestling. Dude, the, the boos were just absolutely, I feel like they like rivaled post-mania, uh, 32 or uh, 33 33 yeah 33 post mania 33 when roman beat taker dude like that i mean that's how loud the booze were um in australia for dom it's dude. really become an iconic like the heat that he has right now like i uh i think even if he does eventually somehow pull off a face turn it's gonna almost be like you know they still hit kurt angle with the you suck chance i think there's i think dom's still gonna get showered with booze when he first appears just like out of respect yeah i well i was um listening to Sam Roberts. I think it was his, I think it was his podcast I was listening to. And he talked about the possibility of, um, you know, Dom eventually like cheating on Rhea and starting like a whole storyline, like, you know, with somebody like Liv Morgan or something. Right. And just the absolute nuclear heat that would happen, you know, that would happen if he, uh, if he left Rhea and then, you know, (laughs) it could culminate with him and Rhea fighting in a match or, you know, something of the, something of the sort. But I was like, Oh, I would be so here for that. Not that I want, I never thought about that, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, Dom and Rhea one-on-one needs to happen at some point down down the line. Cause it's dude, he, he's so iconic. He had on three, Rhea Ripley shirts <laughs> at, at Elimination it's Chamber. Ridiculous. He was wearing one. He had one tucked in the front and then one tucked in the back. So uh, good for again, Dom. Yeah, man. hats off to Dom. I mean, it was on this podcast. Like, we called it, man. Like, wait, you know, back in 2020 or early 2021, I said as soon as this, like, Seth Rollins storyline ends, I think that might be the last we even see of Dom and yeah. WWE. It felt like there was nowhere there was for no him to go. no path forward yeah, for Dom. Yeah, but he is – uh, Really, really improved in the ring. I mean, he's legit in the ring. It's not just a you know a, a, a gimmick man that he's with with Judgment Day. He he belongs. Yeah, he belongs. I think he he's really like manifesting from the mullet power. I think. I think <laughs> as the mullet gets more powerful, like he, so does Dom. You know. So uh, yeah, good. Like I said, shout out to Dom. Um, great match. The uh, Judgment Day ended up going over. Let's move on to the Elimination Chamber, the Men's Elimination Chamber. So we had Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, L.A. Knight, Logan Paul, and Randy Orton in the Men's Chamber. Good match. Just did a lot of, laid a lot of groundwork for the road to WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Drew gets the win after Logan Paul KOs Randy Orton. Uh, Wow. Then you had, what's that? You said he KO'd Randy Orton. I don't get it. KO was in the match. Oh, yeah. Kevin Owens in the match. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And then, you know, you had AJ Styles, who's now competing with Drew McIntyre for biggest hater of the year in WWE. Think about this. AJ Styles flew halfway around the world just to run in that elimination chamber and cost (laughs) LA Knight the match. He had no other reason for being in Australia other than to go over there and screw LA Knight. So hats out to AJ. That's some serious hate, man. That's the kind of hate that gets you out of bed in the morning. Um, So way to go, AJ. Uh, I do, you know... You got to wonder where where Lashley and Kevin Owens go from here. They're kind of the the odd men out as far as having some sort of path to a big WrestleMania match. Um, yeah, because I thought I thought for sure it was going to be Kevin Owens and um, Logan Paul just like kind of continuing on. Yeah, um, but, nah, it uh, seems like we're getting Logan Paul. He's he stepped up a notch, man. He's moving yeah. up to the main event level again, going up against Randy Orton. Uh, I don't see Lashley and Karrion Cross. You know, they kind of been teasing that. I really don't see that making the WrestleMania card. It just no. does this like a big enough match. Me personally, man, I'm all in favor of elevating that Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Make that a big freaking deal, dude. Like, make that a big deal to where, you know, the winner gets a shot at either the U.S. or Intercontinental title at some point in the future. And that gives you a reason to have some of these bigger names in there mixed in with the rest of the fodder. And it gives everybody on the show. And I love a Battle Royale at WrestleMania. 
Yeah, I love the Andre the, Bat- the Andre the Battle Royal, Andre the Giant Battle Royal too. So yeah, really weird. And I was thinking, like when you said there was no path forward for Bobby Lashley, um, Bianca Belair. We don't really have anything laid out for her either. Which is, I mean, I'm sure we will. I can't like we talked about last week. There's no way that they're I feel gonna like leave. Jade's showing up, man. I feel like we're gonna. I, uh, there's really no other clear path. Bianca absolutely has to be on the Mania card. I feel like we're gonna end up getting uh, Bianca and Jade either one on one or set up in a tag team or something, man. But Again, I will state uh, this is another point in favor of getting rid of Money in the Bank as a standalone pay-per-view and going back to the OG setup and having the Money in the Bank match be at WrestleMania. I feel like that'd be that'd be such a good way to just have something important that doesn't really need a sensical storyline, and you could have seven or eight of your top guys or, or gals in that match every single year. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it, that makes sense, but... Yeah, I mean, you, with two nights to cover, you're going to have seven or eight of your top guys, like, it, you know what I mean, to sacrifice them to a Money in the Bank match. I think. There's still going to be people left off the card. I mean, last year at Mania time, Bobby Lashley was as hot as it gets, and he didn't have a match. True. I yeah. mean, there's people every year that don't have a have a big match at Mania. Yeah, and well, especially this year where they're looking like they might be doubling up. They may have Cody and Seth yeah. and Roman and all of them having, like, multiple matches, so... Yeah. Yeah, we will see. You need some. You need a battle royale, a Money in the Bank match. Where you know, for a while there, they were doing the big multi-man uh, ladder matches for the mm-hmm. IC title. That's something that yeah, was always I like that a, too. That was a great way to kick off uh, Mania. But I don't know. They've definitely moved away from that the last four or five years. Same. I mean, well, I guess if they don't do one on one with Gunther, that w- that could be a cool way for um, you know to do the IC title match, like have a bunch of the best guys go in after Gunther, dude. Cause I mean, I think that makes it more believable than everybody's calling for Sami Zayn. But I, for me, I love Sami Zayn. I appreciate everything that he's done over the last like year and a half or whatever, but I just, I don't know. I, I just said, I, I can't suspend my disbelief that he's going to beat Gunther, dude. I think we're getting a four way. I think it looks like they're planting seeds for Sammy, uh, Chad Gable and Damian priest. You know, last night judgment day came out and said they're gunning for that IC title. So I think, I think we're either going to get a four way or, po- you know, that's possibly maybe they do a, you know, some sort of triple threat match or some sort of little mini tournament prior to Mania for those guys. But right now, I, I think we're looking at a four way um, for the IC title at Mania. So when are you thinking Damien's going to cash in? I think he might cash in after that four way. He might cash in on the Intercontinental title because he's not going to, if Seth beats Drew, maybe he cashes in on Seth. I don't see him cashing in on Cody or Roman. Right. Um, and I don't see him cashing in on Drew. If Drew beats Seth. So I think, you know, we've seen it before. Austin Theory set the precedent last year. He cashed in for the United States Championship. I think, you know, maybe he loses that match. Maybe Gunther somehow survives that fatal four way. And right afterwards, Dominique well, just, or Damien just cashes in. Well, that's in. what I was thinking. You said Damien was probably going to be in the match. And I was like, well, why would he cash in? But yeah, I guess after he the match. After, yeah. yeah. We've, that'd be something new too. We've mm-hmm. never seen that before. Somebody gets a title shot with the briefcase. I just think that that'd be a unique dynamic for sure. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I just, I'm like, he needs to cash in soon. Dude. I mean, we're almost to, we're almost to money in the bank again. So I, that's something else. Not that I feel like we're going heavy on the callbacks tonight, man, but it's WrestleMania season. So a lot of this stuff just kind of sticks out. That's something we've talked about for years, a storyline they could do. Somebody just runs out of time cashing in. Yeah. Like, you know, like he gets closer and closer and something just keeps happening to shut it down. And, you know, maybe he has a buzzer beater or we actually have time run out. We've never had somebody actually have the time run, run out, out on the mm-hmm. money in the bank. So that's something else that they could do. Yeah, well, we're getting close, so... Uh, I, yeah, the last time I remember somebody holding it this long was uh, Carmella. Carmella held it until the night after WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. She cashed in on Charlotte the night after Mania. Yeah, and Seth 
obviously. Was that Mania, yeah. Yeah. That was 10 years ago, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Carmella and Charlotte was six years ago at this point. But, yeah, the cash-in this year at Mania will be 10 years old. That's... Or, excuse me, no, it'll be nine. It'll be nine years old. It was it was Money Still. in the Bank. It was Money in the Bank 2014, but it was 2015. Yeah, cash-in. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the main event. We had a singles match for the world Women's World Championship. Mommy versus Nia Jax. It was cool. I thought the ladies delivered. It didn't seem it, you know, it it was a token main event, right? I don't think this is the main event unless the show is in Australia, but I think that they lived up to the billing. They delivered a main event quality match. I thought it was really good. Nia played her part to perfection yeah. and Rhea definitely delivered and gave all of the uh, you know, the home country fans there something to be proud of and I think they everybody went home feeling like their money was well spent. Yeah, I, I'm super glad that they didn't just let Rhea come in and like do a squash on Nia. Obviously, it was the main event, so I didn't feel like it was going to be like a total squash. But Nia got in some serious offense, dude. I mean, Mommy was fighting from underneath like almost the whole match. And then when she came alive, it was just like, damn, dude, like this is why she's the shit. And she took I mean, she took a beating. She went through the freaking announce table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super awesome. I love seeing her get the win in uh, in Australia, seeing her family sitting in the front row. I mean, nobody's hotter than Rhea Ripley right now, dude. She's just yeah. absolutely on fire. Probably behind maybe just Roman as far as overall. Yeah. Maybe Roman and Cody for overall just, you know, overact in the in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the Waller effect? What did you think of it, Shane? Um, it was okay. I just thought, I mean, I'm glad we got to see Seth and Cody, but. That was a big nothing burger. It was a big nothing burger, dude. Like, I, I just, just. I knew, I just knew Rock and Roman were going to show up. Me too. I, I they, even WWE's been so good about delivering on the surprises the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it was just, I think it just ended up being nothing. Yeah, it was one of our bonus picks. And I, I didn't even flinch. I was like, yes, they're going to be there. The Rock and Roman are going to be there. They're getting, you know, Seth and Cody out there. They're pulling them out on stage. Like, there's just no way that these guys aren't going to come together and have some sort of, you know, scene on the Grayson Waller effect, but didn't happen. Cody's like, yeah, I want to fight you one-on-one rock. And, um, I just was, uh, I mean, underwhelmed to, to put it mildly. I don't know where we're going with this situation now either. Cause I thought for sure we were getting a tag match, you know, Roman challenge, or excuse me, Cody challenge rock to a match. Um, one-on-one and then Seth just stands up and says, you know, you're not going to have to do this fight alone. So I don't know. Typical mania season. There's a whole lot of weeks of TV. You know, I think between raw and SmackDown, we still have 12 episodes of TV. We got to get through, um, before we get to mania. So you always got to have a, a, you know, overly convoluted twists and turns to get there. I still think we end up with a tag match somehow, but it's, it's, we're in the meandering point of the road to WrestleMania right now. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Sam, as I mentioned him earlier, but I was listening to his podcast earlier. Uh, he mentioned something that I hadn't really even considered about. So set, you know, we've all, we, we've said on this show that we think Roman is most likely going to win at Mania. If him and Cody go one on one, if it ends up happening going through, Roman's going to end up on top. But Seth screwing Cody because you know, like Seth coming should through, hate Cody. Yeah, Seth should hate Cody. And he was talking about how you know, Co- or Seth was trying to beg Cody, like, "Hey, dude, I need this match. You know what I mean? Like, I need, I need yeah. to fight the best of the best." And Cody just kind of was like, "Eh, lukewarm on it." So all of a sudden, Roman freaking- still Seth's brother. They still refer to each other as brother after all yeah. these years. You know, even with all the hate and animosity. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a cool little and it would cool it would give twist. yeah, and it would it would give Cody a real hot white hot feud. 
right post mania because i mean if he loses and just goes into like the you know the the mid card it's going to be bad for cody so cody needs to <clears throat> to stay hot so i think having him go right into seth rollins would be an awesome yeah i'm more awesome confident move. than ever that romans retain that belt you yeah. gotta think about it like this all right they and before the fans just revolted they were going to do roman and rock at wrestlemania and roman was definitely going to retain so they already yeah. have plan the plan has already been in place Roman's going to carry this belt past Mania, dude. Yeah. So, I don't know. I really think that, uh, you know, I, I think he's definitely passing Hogan. And, dude, he may go for Bruno. Who knows, man? Um, but I still think Roman is going to find a way to win by by hook or by crook. At this point, the most surprising thing they could do, have Roman just win clean, you know? Yeah. That's something we haven't seen in almost a year at this point. Uh, have Roman just freaking win clean and, and let it grunt, you know, and just see what happens from there. Let, let Cody's story keep going, man. Oh man, I'm just waiting. I cannot wait for the uh, the post mania fallout, dude. I'm already I'm already bracing for shock. I can't imagine the fans, man, especially those fans that dropped you know five six thousand for those ringside seats when it ends up with just a three count and Roman's music once again. So <laughs> we'll see. You know, there's definitely a chance Cody can win. I'm not 100 percent on that, but if you if I was putting money on it, I think that uh, I think Roman wins. All right, let's turn our attention to AEW. We got Revolution going down Sunday night. Obviously, the big attraction on this is Sting's last match. Uh, him and Darby defending the tag belts in the Tornado tag match against the Young Bucks. This is uh, just as big as an attraction as it, you know, outside of WrestleMania, probably the biggest attraction in the wrestling world this year. They've sold out 16,000 seats at the Greensboro Coliseum. Uh, they've added, you know, I think 3,000 seats from when the initial tickets went on sale. Wow. Um, it's just crushing it. Probably going to end up being AEW's second biggest show this year besides when they go back to Wembley. Um, Sheena, someone that admittedly has been really yeah, kind of cr- checked out on AEW uh, for the last, you know, three or four months. Are any of these other matches kind of just grabbing your eye something that you're excited to see Sunday night? Because you still kind of been in on watching the pay-per-views. Um, Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. Obviously, I like both those guys. Sting, I mean, obviously Sting's last match is going to be awesome. I, I think Sting and Darby are going to win. Um, I don't think there's any way that the Young Bucks walk away with the uh, with the titles. Um, Samoa Joe and Swerve, dude, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, with Hangman in there for the three way. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Okay, you're not you're not getting hyped for Will Osprey versus Takeshita. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. It's, <laughs> you know, not my flavor. All right. So she just sounded pretty, I think. I do like Will Ospreay, though. But she's just, sounding lukewarm at best on this Revolution card. I'm excited. Um, I do think it's been, it's a pretty cool card that they got put together for it. But yeah, I'm kind of the same. I've really been out on AEW. And there's there's a chance that Revolution might be my last big hurrah. I might th- take another step back from following AEW um, after this pay-per-view but who knows again we're going there live uh, and maybe i'm you know walking out of here being you know a bigger AEW mark than ever before mm-hmm. after going to the pay-per-view this will i've been to dynamite this would be my first ever um AEW pay-per-view attending in person though yeah we've only been to one dynamite too right yep. yeah yeah how do you think bub's gonna like it oh i think brett's gonna have the freaking yeah. time of his life dude he's gonna love seeing sting and darby i mean the orange young bucks Cassidy, dude orange casty so like yeah samoa joe a lot yeah. of these guys are are big on his list. Going to get to see Luchasaurus, yeah, Wardlow, Wardlow, John Moxley. Yeah, Dude. so it's a lot. A lot of guys. It's going to be right in his for, wheelhouse. Yeah, for the Brett man, this is like this is like dream card situation. Yeah, for him, he's going to so. have a ball. And the other thing is, you know, they go the pace. You know, on AW shows is crazy. It's going to be match after match after match, no downtime. So I yeah. think it's. I think he's really going to enjoy himself. 
Yeah, true. And like I said, even the TV taping when we were at Dynamite, it was just such a better experience than WWE TV yeah. taping. AEW's like, definitely got them smoked on the live shows, dude. Yeah. You're, you, at WWE, there's no doubt about it. You are a prop for yeah. the uh, the TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you absolutely are. But in, in, at AEW, they were like, you know, Justin Roberts was coming out, interacting with the crowd the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a better a better live experience for the, WWE. Uh, they just kill the lights on you and just show some ads up on the big screen. Yeah, I know, no shit. We do got tickets to SmackDown in Memphis March fifteenth. Absolutely loaded show. The Rock, the Rock, Cody, is be there, Drew McIntyre. You got to imagine Roman's probably going to be there too. Like. It's looking like one of the most loaded SmackDowns it's going to be in years. We can be, we've been getting the local emails that that list out all the wrestlers that are going to be there. Drew's going to be there. Um, Rhea's going to be there. So, yeah, I don't know if they're doing some big dark show matches or what, but I think Rock is you know kind of in their ear. He's pulling the old Hogan WCW card, making sure that any show he's on is going to be loaded so that way it's sold out, you know, whether yeah. it's because of him or, or somebody else. He's making sure it's sold out so he can, you know, Point to everybody else and say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm feeling. Look at this house I'm bringing. Filling the seats. Yeah, so going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's about it. Again, we said this was going to be a quickie episode. Uh, you ready to get into the mailbag, Sheen? Oh yeah, pull it up real quick. One okay. one bit of figure news we do got to cover. What are your thoughts on Basics changing their name to Main Event, starting with Series 147? I think it's a good move. I mean, obviously for us, like you know collectors i think saying like oh it's the basic series it makes it it makes it sound kind of basic but you know they've they've, they've stepped their game up a little bit so i think well, the new articulation i yeah. think they've stepped their game up a lot of bit man like the the new basics have been great yeah uh so yeah i think i think they were due and they i think were it was for well a brand deserved change, yeah i think uh, i think calling them basic is a little um you know disrespectful so yeah. i don't really love the name main event but you know yeah come up with something gotta come up with something. we're running out of shit with figure lines you got ultimate <laughs> yeah. editions yeah. elites unmatched unrivaled supremes battle packs championship showdown like yeah, yeah the, the well's kind of running dry rates. yeah on all the finding moments <laughs> on all the, yeah on all the different names you can have for figure lines but yeah they you know with the new the added articulation um you can swap the heads around now so you know if you see one you really like you can you know pop the head on an elite or an ultimate edition and the hands are swappable too so they really just leveled up and i think it was well deserved name change all right let's get into the mailbag all right. Our buddy from across the pond, Jamie Wills, says, where does Nia Jax go from here? He said, I've never been a fan, but I can appreciate what she brings to the table. Um, you know, she can be made to look dominant over a space. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I don't know. I, I don't think we see Nia Jax on Mania. Yeah, I hope this isn't like disparaging. I don't say this just strictly because of her size, but I think she's going to be similar to like the female version of like the big show, right? Like yeah. kind of comes, comes in, has a storyline for some, with somebody for, you know, a month here, a month there. And then she disappears for a little bit. I don't think she's somebody that needs to be on TV 52 weeks out of a year. Keep her special, keep her a little bit of an attraction. And like you said, Jamie, when you need to um, build her up to be that menacing threat for some up and coming baby face to, to overcome. Yeah, agreed. I don't think she's a week in and week out type yeah. of uh, type of wrestler. Zach Hertzler, name a female or male superstar that deserves a push as well as a female or male superstar that doesn't deserve a push. So we'll split this one up. I will say I'll go for who deserves a push. I definitely think it's it's Montez time, baby. I think we need yeah. to go ahead and pull the trigger 
Been Amantes, wait, he's been in a holding pattern long enough. Long, way too long. I mean, dude, think about the last elimination chamber, dude. Montez was, you know, kicking butt and taking names, looking throwing like crotch chops everywhere. Throwing <laughs> a few too many crotch chops. He liked the way that crotch chop felt. <laughs> yeah, he liked. He the got pop. a pop off got- the first time, then it was like on a video game. He was just <laughs> spamming just- it, dude. I think he had like five crotch chops. Yeah, he he got a little overwhelmed with the crotch chops, but it was it was great anyway. But yeah, dude, he just he needs. The whatever what are they called the the suit business the um, the suit profits the suit profits yeah the, the suit su- business the hurt profits <laughs> the, yeah whatever yeah, you whatever, call whatever mismatch they got going on there dude they look great look like a million bucks but it's it's doing nothing for me it's yeah, doing nothing it for like Montez flat they yeah. got B Fab with them now also once you start just throwing in random members like yeah yeah. Let's just let's just forget about it. They don't even have to do a breakup angle. Just kind of let it dissolve. Yeah, just let it dissolve. Give Montez a rocket strap. Just see what he does with it. Um, I, I he's main event ready, dude. Yeah, I think honestly, I don't even think we need to see a street profits breakup. Let them just amicably go their separate ways. I think you take them off TV for a little bit. Do some vignettes to hype up Montez coming in as a solo star. Send Angelo down to rec shop at NXT, man. Angelo could be main event level, you know, fighting for the NXT championship, fighting for the North American championship down there. And then I think just to give him and Montez a little bit of space apart. And then, you know, you could always bring Angelo back to Raw or SmackDown when you got something ready for him. But yeah, Montez definitely deserves somebody that doesn't deserve it. I would say Karrion Cross, man. I feel like yeah. this new thing, what do they call it? Like the Final Testament or something like that. Like yeah. the... I feel like it's just falling flat as well, dude. Like, you know, seems like a good idea on paper. Throwing AOP and Paul Ellering in there with Carrie and and Scarlett. They all kind of got the same aesthetic, but it just seems absolutely steamless right now. I don't think anybody's... It's not generating excitement. I don't really see people online, like, clamoring for, like, something to be done with them. It seems like we've tried three or four times with him, man. Outside of that initial run on NXT, though, they have all fallen less than flat. Some of that... Some of that's due to, you know, the way WWE's used him. Some of that is I think the guy's just he's super talented. I think he's almost maybe kind of miscast in this like, you know, this character that he's in, you know, cuz he is a good wrestler. Got a great look. Um I don't know if he's miscast. I think I think that the bald like kind of just, you know, sinister gimmick was I don't know. I liked it. I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, but now he's got this like long, luscious long hair. Long hair. Like, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's miscast. I thought you meant just like overall as like, you know, the whole time. Yeah, I don't I know. Something's just not connecting, dude. Like, he, he, I think he needs a, uh, he's already had a break once and then come back. So yeah. it's kind of hard to say, you know, send him somewhere and bring him back again. But I feel Let's like. Let's not forget that he came out in like the BDSM <laughs> yeah. gear. Yeah. Like the new return. age demolition. Yeah. <laughs> new age I, demolition. Uh, I don't know. It, I'm sure he loves. He's loving cashing those WWE checks, and I would too. I don't think there's anything wrong with going and being like a main eventer in TNA or something right now. You know, I think maybe that could be the path if he's looking to maximize his in-ring success. Because to me, I don't, I don't see this this Final Testament thing really going anywhere. Mm-mm. No, yeah. So sorry, Karrion. We've we've given you a lot of you know heat on this show, but yeah, something something's got to give here, dude. You gotta you gotta pick it up somehow. Get the it factor going. Zach Hertzer also wants to know if you're excited for AEW Revolution this weekend. We kind of already oh, yeah. touched on that, but I want to know, like, are you excited to finally get to meet the two bad Chads in person? We've already met Hawk, obviously, but you're going to get to finally meet the two yeah, bad Chads. It's going to be kind of weird just because we've literally talked to them online for years at this point. And like, I, I mean, I feel like I know them, dude. It's weird that I haven't met them in person, but I know I'm sure it's going to be fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It doesn't, it doesn't really feel like that big a deal meeting them in person because I've known them so long online. They're like, they're past the point of, you know, there's like a, there's kind of like a level, right? Where like, 
you know somebody online kind of well, but it's still going to be kind of weird when you meet them in person. Yeah. I feel like we're already past yeah, that. We're like, be, we're yeah, we're way beyond that. We, I would I would just invite the two bad chads to like come and like hang out at the house yeah. and like you know have a beer on the back porch. Yeah, like, we're we're past the point of like wondering like okay, what's it going to be like when we meet these guys <laughs> yeah, in person? No. Like yeah, we're just we're we're totally comfortable. We're at the point where like I mean we do you know me and me and Sneed argue and, and Chad Smith also, man, we argue online all the time and stuff. We're at the point where we can just straight up like be mean to each other <laughs> arguing online and it's cool, right? Yeah, it's like you no like each other so much that uh, you can just be hateful yeah, to each other. Just be like, yeah, you're an idiot, dude. You know what I mean? Or just, you know, just poke <laughs> each other nonstop. So that's what, you know, me and Chad Sneed were in the Turnbuckle Tavern Patreon the other day and kind of just arguing back and forth somehow about Roman Reigns again. I'm like, did you realize we've been arguing about this for legit three years at this point? And yeah. Steve was like, yep. I know. I can't I, like, I can't even tell you how many like, you know, dissertations on Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega and stuff I've read behind the scenes of these guys going back and forth about just all this stuff. So, well, I mean, it's really like it's philosophically like two different sides of the wrestling fan argument. Like when you say somebody's a great wrestler, are you judging them by like, kayfabe wins yeah. and losses in their presentation or are you judging by like you know who's got the coolest moves and like pure wrestling ability and stuff like that and yeah, well yeah just, and also who's just got it factor who bring who brings money into the company dude who keeps thing you know who's had the company on their back like i just feel that's like that's why i'm arguing the roman thing yeah, yeah. look at this how, how how much time has kenny omega been on the shelf the last uh Three years, you know. Yeah, they don't want to turn this into a Roman and Kenny thing, but Sheena's kind of getting me amped up now. <laughs> well, and I mean, they're like Kenny, like AEW, like Roman has carried WWE. I feel like Kenny has not carried AEW. I don't feel like he carried AEW. I mean, he had an epic run. He had a eleven month long title reign, but it seems like it was nothing because. It started after Roman won the belt, and you know Roman's held the belt another two years since Kenny lost his man. So. And Kenny's had, you know, basically been gone more than he's been there since he lost that title. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we won't get on that. I think we do. We do. We have a, a podcast where we talked about that. Like we've never whole, really done one end all be all Roman Reigns. I think we'll need to do it after maybe after he loses. Or belt. did you guys do it on the debate? I can't remember. I feel like we we've we recorded. I mean, it's like been long... it's been done in several form and fashion, dude. It's never been like straight up, fully, you know. Fully fleshed fully argued out, out, yeah. And form, formal, out. formal debate, yeah. We'll have to bring that to the uh, to the listeners at some point. Brett Sharl wants to know, other than Roman or Rock, who's your favorite member of the Bloodline family? One of my all time favorites is Umaga. I always felt like he was criminally underrated and should have gone over Cena. Super excited to see Jacob Fatu because he reminds me so much. Uh, more of like the athletic Umaga. I go Yokozuna, dude. I was gonna say Yoko. I love Yokozuna. Yeah, we watched that documentary on Yokozuna, and it was just, I don't Yokozuna know. Yokozuna was the man, especially like that first year he was in WWE when he was still freaking... really, really athletic for the big guy and obviously couldn't keep his weight under control, but yeah, Yokozuna was awesome. And he's, I mean, I wouldn't even call Yokozuna a big guy, dude. Yokozuna is just a freaking force, dude. Like, he's, he's humongous, dude. And to be that athletic and just like... I don't know. Yokozuna had it, dude. He was. You're, go back and watch some of the stuff before he was Yokozuna when he was Coquina Maximus. Like, dude was really flying around. He looked, he was built, you know, like a heavier version of Umaga at that point and uh, was, yeah, just a freak, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like Umaga a lot too, though, dude. Umaga's Uma- cool. Yeah. Umaga's awesome. And he's got freaking awesome action figures. So, yeah. Um, David Brooks, he says, DB take. Becky is a better heel than quotations the man what do you think i thought big time bex was good but becky's just too enchanting to be a heel to me man she's too lovable (laughs) it seemed like she was playing a part the whole time 
Yeah. And it seemed like, it didn't seem like that was actually like who she was in her soul. Like, I feel like she was just like, you know, just playing the part. Yeah. Just playing the part. And she did a good job. She is a good heel, but I think she's I mean, one of the best baby faces of all time. Yeah. Becky's awesome, dude. Like anybody who says Becky doesn't deserve to be in the main event, uh, is, is absolutely bananas, dude. Yeah. Like she could, I mean, her and Rhea could absolutely main event. Um, one night of WrestleMania. So even with the rock and Cody and all the shenanigans that are going around with all that, Sam Rosenthal, what's your limit to pay for tickets to a wrestling show? Uh, at this point with two young kids, man, I'd be hard pressed to go over like 200 for a ticket, dude. Like, and the good thing is, man, like front row is kind of out of my price range at this point, dude. Like if I'm sitting front row at a raw, even a raw man, the front row tickets are, out, are outrageous. There's something like 650, 700 bucks most of the time. And with kids, dude, like unless you're in like the first or second row, I really don't think floor seats are worth it. Cause you're going to end up missing so much. So yeah. like good thing is we're, we're lower bowl folks. That's where we want to sit at. And the price point's still pretty nice, right? Like we got those tickets to vengeance day. were like 60 bucks a piece. Um, killer our, seats yeah dude. awesome seats dude awesome seats we were like fifth row um up in the lower bowl i like the lower bowl i i, I would say i like the lower bowl better than the floor dude. yeah like i said floor to me i'm only doing floor if i'm in first or second row dude mm-hmm. anything past that like the energy's cool but it's just, you're just missing too much shit dude because people stand up and like i said you got the little ones that are shorter so i, I like lower bowl which is and cool you can't really see the stuff that's going on, on the other side of the ring yeah. like you know if you get a little bit of elevation you kind of got you know just just a better vantage yeah. point revolution we're in the lower bowl for that i think those were something like i think they were like hot like 90s they were in 90s they're like just over 100 bucks a piece for that which is pretty good for a pay-per-view when we went to SummerSlam 2022 i think those were a little under 200 a piece so I'm kind of right around 200. Dude. SummerSlam too, yeah. dude. If you know, if if you, I would go up to like 500 for like front row seats if I knew Seth Rollins or Roman had a really big match. But like I said, I think that's, uh, I think those prices are kind of about five or six years in the rear view. Yeah, well, you ain't getting no front row seat for 500. dollars I mean the the front row mania seats are like thousands. Yeah, of dollars, they're dude. no, they're like, like close to ten thousand dollars, dude. God, like, yeah, it's dang. You can't. Even, I don't think you can really buy like straight up just buy a ticket in the front row. It's like an experience thing. Like you get like uh, yeah some bullshit that if you read through it, it's like, dude, I don't even know if I really want to do this, <laughs> yeah. dude. But it comes with the you have to spend my whole ticket. week doing yeah, this stuff like, just to get a front yeah, row. Yeah, it's something like platinum experience seats or some shit like that. So I ain't doing it, dude. Like it's not worth it to me. So I'm I'm kind of like like I said, two hundred bucks or less, and give me a, a comfy seat in the lower bowl, and I'm happy. Hundred percent. For those, for Brett Charles wants to know: For those of you with kids getting into figures, how do you deal with them wanting to play with the figures in your collection? Do you let them play with certain ones? Do you let, get them their own whole collection? He said, "I've started getting my son a few of his own, but he still wants guys that I have that he doesn't." I'm about to hit the local toy store and get the cheap three dollar basic bin. <laughs> so, Brett, I can't remember how how old your kid is. Is getting into it? I think it all depends on the age, yeah, and maturity level. If they're still at the age where they're just playing with them like the kids on the commercial and just smashing them into each other and shit, then yeah, dude. Get in some basics, go to the flea market, get some old shit, let him play with that, dude. Luckily, you know, Brett really for the last year or so, dude, he's gotten to where like he's actually like run you know, my son, Brett, not Brett Cheryl. He's actually <laughs> running, uh, you know, he's running matches and angles and feuds and stuff. And he plays with them gently, dude. Like he's not just smashing them together. He does the moves, but he's not like slamming them and just, you know, banging the figures together as hard as he can and stuff like that. So I pretty much let him play with anything except for customs. like customs. Or some of the really, really older elites, like 2010, 2011, 2012 elites, just because I'm always worried about the hip snapping on those, just because that plat, that joint that the legs connect to, it mm-hmm. can get kind of brittle. So 
Um, but even those I'll let him play with, he knows, like, he'll ask me, like, are the legs fragile on this one? And he just, you know, won't do any super kicks or anything with those ones. So I think it just depends kid to kid, man. I think there's some kids that you can kind of just let loose. Um, and then some, some, and that, some kids are just destructive, dude. Yeah. Straight some kids up. are just destructive, man. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, dude. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you got to observe and then uh, adjust accordingly with what you, what you allow, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's what we, you know, we used to let Brett had his own um, like basic rings that he would use because he would just like, you know, pull the ropes and like twist them in, you know, but now he's to the point where he can use the um, elite scale ring. The elite and, scale ring, yeah. Yeah, and just be, you know. He still takes it apart, but he does it in a controlled way. He's like, yeah. look, they're, they're taking the turnbuckles <laughs> off the so they can smash into the pole, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so funny just watching Brett like in his. I mean, he does all the moves like he's just so he comes good, up with whole storylines, yeah, whole storylines. Like, uh, it's it's just so awesome to see. So, um, yeah, just give it time, especially if you got younger. Brett Brett's six years old; he'll be seven this year. So, if that gives you any sort of you know age range if your kids are younger, but uh, yeah, just let just let them play. Play is so important for children. So, uh, yeah, get them get them whatever toys they want, and uh, you know, let them go at it. Sam Rosenthal, when is the Chick Foley live show happening? Granted, I don't think anyone can compete with Jordan's beer tolerance. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever do an actual live show. We'll definitely do another tweet up next time. There's a tweet up. Tweet up. That's oh, old school that's term. old school. You definitely threw, do another. Uh, definitely do another tweet up. Social media meetup. Uh, next time there's a pay per view in Nashville. I know they're talking about WrestleMania once the Titans' new stadium's complete, but we did that at SummerSlam at the the Wild Horse Saloon. Ended up with you know about dozen 15 people there and we had a ball that dude. was so we were up much in the, fun yeah up in the second floor of wild horse they had you know pool tables ping pong foosball all that stuff and we, we had a good time just chilling out and knocking back some cold ones before walking over to the arena for uh for SummerSlam. so yeah next time there's a show in nashville we'll definitely that was partially organized it was kind of just like throw it out throw it out in the facebook group like hey this is, this where, is where we're, we're gonna, gonna be. be gonna come through we'll probably uh Next time, I think maybe we'll throw a little bit more organization to it and maybe just reserve somewhere so that way we for sure got a space to to chill out and kick it. I just remember I was so pissed off because the Wild Horse, they have a giant screen above the dance floor. And when we first got there, you know, they were in full SummerSlam mode. Like the the pro store was at their, like their, their merch store was turned into like basically the WWE shop. And they had this giant like theater size screen. It was just running WWE Network. Like there was like a Kurt Angle documentary on when we got there. And after like 45 minutes of being there, of course, some local band started warming up. And I was like, yeah. God, I would have loved to just have wrestling on the TV the whole time. You know, they were taking requests. You could you could Venmo them money, put in requests. And I seriously considered Venmoing them like 50 bucks and saying, well, you guys just stop playing for an hour and, and just put, put wrestling back, back up on, on the screen. <laughs> yeah, but that, that would have been rude. Oh, that was so much fun. Um, yeah, we had the whole top floor of the place to like all the, the, the pretty Foley much to fam. ourselves. Yeah, to the Foley fam. And then we rolled over to the stadium, like all the Foley fam was rolling together. And yeah, that was that was excellent. But yeah, live show. Not sure. We we uh wrestling for sale ted you guys know i'm sure you, you guys know him he invited us to do a live show what wrestlemania was that or was it SummerSlam? uh was or was it WrestleMania? one of the shows out in cali maybe yeah. wrestlemania last year yeah cali. wrestlemania he's like are you guys coming you know we would love to have you do a live show but uh yeah obviously we weren't we weren't going out to california i don't think sheena would do a live show i i have this like i don't i don't even know irrational fear of public speaking it's like the weirdest thing because i'm like the most social person and if i'm if it's in a controlled environment where like i'm speaking on things that i don't i don't know like i just i i've, I've spoken to crowds before um i used to coach crossfit and i would like speak to like 50 people at one time but something about formally public speaking and even though this isn't formal i don't know what do you think it is just anxiety general probably <laughs> general anxiety 
Yeah. So public speaking, I don't know if I, I would do a live show, but I mean, if you come up and talk to me, if we're all hanging out in the, the wild horse, I will talk your head off. So, yeah. Um, do you think, Sam also says, do you think WWE is actively looking for more Legends deals? Can you see some talent saying no somehow? I know for a fact, like Demolition, I know they got a super high price tag that seems like they're just never going to meet on. Um, I think there's some other folks, you know, obviously they're, the deal fell apart with Macho Man last year. The estate of the Road Warriors Legion of Doom has kind of been at odds with WWE for a long time. I don't really know exactly what their strategy is on the Legends, man. It's always been kind of confusing and kind of murky. It seems like there's like a core group of guys that are just going to be under lifetime deals, like your your Scott Hall, your Bret Hart, your Ultimate Warrior. And then like they got some sort of amount of money for guys that they kind of rotate in or out as the winds blow. You know, like we know the Headbangers got deals right now, which they hadn't had deals for years. Um, I think Sandman's rumored to have a figure coming up. The Dudley Boys are back. They've been gone for years, so... I don't know. There's definitely somebody that's like in charge of their legends division, it seems like, but it, I think that they have kind of like a limited amount of resources to that. They're just allowed to kind of, I was going to say, how much do you think like that they make off that? So say for instance, like, you know, Sandman, like how much is he making off of a legends deal? I want to say it's something like $10,000 is like the initial contract. And then they get royalties depending on how much merch is sold. Mm. I think it's like, I, I, I feel like it, don't quote me on that. I feel like I saw that. I either heard that on a podcast or, Saw that somewhere online over the years that basically, you know, the standard deal for somebody like a Sandman would be, like I said, 10000 up front and then royalties. You know, I'm sure Brett or, you know, the yeah, family of the Ultimate War- mm-hmm. Warrior, they're probably getting a little bit more. Uh, Sam, he says, can you see some talent saying no somehow? Yeah, that's what we talked about. We said, oh, yeah. Yeah, demolition stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, he's saying, can you see the talent saying no? Obviously, I think it, that's WWE saying no to demolition, right? Well, like, I think it's demolition saying no to WWE, what they're offering them. Oh, what they're offering them. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up listener mail for tonight. All right, Sheen, hit us with some closing thoughts and we'll get out of here, man. We actually made it under 50 minutes, depending on how oh. long you talk right here. <laughs> well, um, we'll just wrap it up and I'll say everybody have a good night and we'll catch your ass down the road. Yeah.